Welcome to the Game Plan Podcast with Judah Newby and Brian Perkins, breaking down all things Seahawks. Russell out of the shotgun. Kristen Michael. Russell's going to throw again. Has some time. Steps up. Now he scrambles left. Looks. Throws to the end zone. Touchdown! Seahawks! Jimmy Graham in the middle of the defense and the middle of the end zone. Wide open. He slams the ball. Jimmy Graham came alive last year when the Seahawks took on the Niners. That was a week three home game. Now it's a week two home game as the uh, Hawks-Niners rivalry commences yet again. Niners haven't beaten Seattle in Seattle since 2011. That was before Russell Wilson came to town. Alongside Brian Perkins, I'm Judah Newby. Time for the Seahawks to get to one and one, Perkins, after last week's loss in Green Bay. Um, what, What are some final takeaways that we had from that one? Well, now we've had some time to digest and think about it. I, I was actually thinking a lot about this yesterday, and there were some eerie parallels, minus the fact that Seattle lost from week one last season to week one this season. Mm-hmm. I believe the game was against Miami last year. Yep. It was in Seattle. 12-7 final? It was the ugliest freaking game. The offensive line looked awful. 12-10, actually, now I think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, 12-10, and I believe that Miami had a chance. There was like a blown coverage by Earl Thomas in that game, and um, – Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills dropped the ball that would have won them the game, you know, assuming nothing else changes. So I just remember us talking about that game and Seahawks Twitter being lit, talking about, oh, man, the offense is so bad, the offense is terrible. And we were all kind of nervous going into week two against the Niners, saying this is a must win. I mean, you look at their schedule and how difficult it was last year for them. And you said this is a must win, but how confident can you feel with the way that the week one offense played? And then, of course, Russell Wilson twisted his ankle in that game um, when Indomitian Sue stepped on it. Yeah, so there, it changed there, everything. It did. There were some factors for sure, but then they come in and they just they boat raced San Francisco in a game where once again Russell Wilson got injured uh, a little bit. Uh, not so much offensive line on that play because that was him trying to get extra yards in a game they were already up double digits. But and it was a freak tackle, Eli Harold jumping yeah. on him and dragging him down by his uh, by his shoulder pads pretty much and rolling up on him. That was a freak play, man. But uh, that's a knee injury coupled with the ankle injury that he had with Ndamukongsu and that defined really, the season. That took care of the entire season from a, from a narrative standpoint. Yeah, no, it really did. But I was just thinking about mindset going from week one to week two and how the fan base felt last year almost the same way, you know, and I know Russell Wilson was injured last year, so it's a little different, but doesn't it feel a little bit like there's kind of this, oh my God, the offensive line is so terrible. The offense was so bad. How are they going to score? You know, there's people around the office who really aren't Seahawks fans, you know, going, man, I don't know how your team's going to even score the ball the way they played last week. Yeah. I'm not- They're playing the Niners. They're going to get right here. I just, I, I was a little bit worried earlier in the week, a little bit like, oh boy, what happens? And then I started to think about last year and kind of thinking about, you know, how they were able to turn things around. And you have a Niners team, and I know that this rivalry is all but dead at this point, just, you know, with how bad poorly run the franchise is, really, but how bad the Niners are. And they're in serious rebuild mode. And you would assume that with the new coaching staff, things will get better, but it's going to take time. They just don't have talent, they don't have enough talent. Right. So that being said, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think this is a one-on-one situation. I know we're going to do predictions later, but 
I, I don't really have a lot of nerves uh, as a fan going into this game. I got to tell you, I think Seattle's going to take care of business. Really, it's who stays healthy. Yeah, Seattle's going to blow them out, in my opinion. Um, for me, the bigger thing, and, and one of the reasons why, I yes, I, of course, I was getting frustrated watching the Seahawks in Lambeau last week, as any Seahawk fan was, but I wasn't getting overly frustrated. I was more frustrated wa- uh, watching the Miami season opener last year than I was watching this Green Bay one. One, the defense, there's no other way around it. They're going to be really, really good pending health this year. Probably the best in football. To hold the Packers scoreless for an entire half at home, I don't think that's going to happen again. And I know I mentioned that on the podcast on Monday. The defense is just outstanding, and they've got playmakers at every single level, multiple playmakers at every level. So I think that's something to be excited about. Um, You know, I think also when you talk about the offensive line, you just have to talk about it with a – season-long perspective in mind. It doesn't really matter as much how good this team is in September on the offensive line. It matters more how are they performing in December and ultimately January. And I still think about how bad the offensive line was last year, and I think about how they did against Detroit in the wildcard game where they pushed everybody around. And just knowing that those two realities came in the same season – That's something to remind yourself. Like, there's still a chance, like, especially when Seattle plays at home, that's, to me, the key. The the difference between this offensive line's performance on the road and at home, to me, there will be a significant difference between, uh, between those two units, depending on where the games are played this season, playing at home against San Francisco this week against a not a very good defensive line. I have no worries. Do I still think the offensive line is going to ultimately be the downfall of Seattle this season, yes. Well, but well th- hold on on that real quick. Um, do you mean like when they get? Do you have them? How far do you have Seattle going? At worst, NFC Championship game. I'm talking about this team. The way the schedule lines up this year. Now, but the, the, but but the, the, the peak players. The expectation should be win a Super Bowl this year, right? I mean, that should be the expectation. And I know it's very difficult in the NFL to get to that level. You're one and done in the playoffs. Right. Injuries, anything can happen. I understand that. Yeah. But with the way the stars aligned, with with the way the schedule works, one 10 a.m. game against the freaking Jaguars on the road. Yeah. You know, you have all your stars at their peak. Earl Thomas has come back. You know, I think that that's a fair expectation. So I guess what I what I mean by that is I'm not convinced that the offensive line is going to be good enough uh, deep in the postseason, whether it's NFC Championship or Super Bowl, to necessarily um, you know get this team over the hump. Is, so is what I mean by that. I'm yeah. not convinced of that as of right now. Okay, we said the same thing last year, and it came to fruition last year because the offensive line did struggle in Atlanta. That that was my overall question. I because I'm sitting on the same stance as you. I have Seattle going to the title game but losing to the Packers in Green Bay, just like that happened. I, I basically say the week one result, and I picked the Packers over the Seahawks, will be why Seattle doesn't get the one seed in the NFC. I've got the Packers getting the one seed there. And because of the offensive line, that showed itself in week one. Are you on that same wavelength wherein, like, whatever playoff matchup Seattle gets, it's be, their offensive line will not be able to perform well enough? Well, and that's kind of where I was going is why I'm not as panicked as of right now. Like, there, like you, I think you mentioned this on Monday, there are going to be other games where you see the offensive line struggle and you go, good God, what is going on with these guys? They're so bad. You know, throughout the, I mean, it's going to happen a couple more times this year where you see really, I think, bad, bad, bad performances. But that being said, with the schedule the way it is, with the teams you're facing, I do think that once again, the stars align to have a good record, regardless of that weak position group. And if Seattle can find a way to get home field advantage, 
I think that they have a very good chance to get to the Super Bowl if 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 the road to the Super Bowl runs through the clink. So at this point, that's why I'm kind of sitting back a little bit going, look, it was a bad week one performance, but I still feel like Seattle can win 12, maybe even 13 games this year and secure home field if Green Day, Green, uh, I almost said Green Day, if Green Bay fumble, uh, you know, stumbles a little bit late in the year. So that's kind of where I was going with that yeah. is <clears throat> I'm with you where I'm not in panic mode in any way, shape or form. You know, obviously there's some major concerns with, can Russell Wilson even stay healthy with how bad the offensive line is with the hits he takes? But you brought up a really good point last season compared to this year. We mentioned the Earl Thomas blown coverage to Kenny Stills that he dropped the ball. That game left a bad taste in your mouth, not only because of the offense, but because really Miami shot themselves in the foot in that game. They did. Their defense played well. I mean, Seattle's They're, offense played horribly, but Miami's defense played really well. It, and it felt like Miami had a lot of opportunities offensively. Like, I felt like they could have been in the 20s in that game, and they just weren't, you know, they just made a lot of, you know, own mistakes, you know, team mistakes that weren't uh, because of Seattle's defensive prowess. Yeah. And that's a huge difference from last year to this year is how well Earl Thomas looks locked and ready to go. He didn't make any major mistakes in that game. You know, obviously Aaron Rodgers moved the football a little bit later in the game, but, I mean, he is the best quarterback in football, so he's going to. It's not the Miami freaking Dolphins. And the two touchdowns so. were starting a drive on the five-yard line and a, a offsides free play. Those yep. three two touchdowns. Yep. It wasn't conventional anything. Yeah, exactly. Though it is becoming conventional, the offsides with the way Aaron Rodgers does those uh, hard he's, counts. He's awesome. Man. But, but, but my point being is you have to feel better just from that standpoint going from week one to week two. You have a healthy Russell Wilson. Your defense is locked and ready to go, and they're they're probably the best defense that Pete Carroll has ever had, or at least since 2013, yeah. the best defense. We're going to draw a lot of comparisons to 2013 this year on the defensive side There of the are ball, a lot of positives. Now, in the end, will Seattle's offensive line do them in? Possibly and probably if they have to go on the road. But if Seattle can keep winning games and win the games that they are supposed to on this schedule— they're going to put themselves in the position in week 16 and 17 to at least have a chance at home field advantage. I'm already looking at week three at Tennessee, 105 kickoff. Tennessee, Tennessee is 0-1 with a home loss to the Raiders already. They go to Jacksonville this Sunday. Marshawn. Jacksonville with uh, 10 sacks against Houston in week one. So this is a tough test for the Titans at the Jaguars, and then they'll return home for week three against Seattle. I think Titans should win this game against the, the Jags. Yeah. But, you know, there's a chance. I mean, Seattle, Tennessee, that's not a that's not a gimme for the Hawks. It's not and, a gimme. And it wasn't before the season either. But, but it looks more difficult than it. It looks more difficult now than it I did. Think, I think it does a little bit, right? Even though the Titans lost their opener. I agree. Barshawn Lynch, by the way. Did you watch the game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The truck stick he was at the end of the it. game in the fourth quarter when they needed a first down. And he I can't remember who he bowled over. But you know, to get that to get the extra three or four yards to create a manageable second down. God, I miss that guy, man. Like it's so it's so great to see him back out on the field. I don't know how I hope he stays healthy. Yeah, you know? I, I was gonna say check in with me week nine. But it's still great to see him out there. I'm happy he's back on the field and you know, to me he's a Hall of Famer, so hopefully he can do enough this year to secure that spot. You see he was fine twelve grand <laughs> yeah, for uh, the middle. For the fingers. double birds. That's what I love about him, man. I love it. I love it. He's in the Madden ads, he's you know, Marshawn's great, but um, you're right. I mean, I, I'm a little bit looking ahead too. You, you know, if this game was in San Francisco, I think there might be a, a little bit more uh, nerves, even though there's like 10 people in the crowd <laughs> in opening day for the Niners. You still, you know, Seattle clearly 
has struggles on the road. <laughs> but I think that, you know, at home, CenturyLink Field, you're on turf. I I just don't see how how Seattle loses this game. San Francisco lost last week 23-3 to at home to Cam and the Panthers. Panthers weren't even all that overwhelming. Um, Brian Hoyer had like 160 passing yards and an interception. Um, Carlos Hyde, 15 touches for about 80 total yards between uh, catching and running the football. Uh, well, San Francisco turned the ball over on downs three times. They uh, they had two interceptions of Cam, so something to be said for that. Um, defensive line wasn't really doing anything against the Panthers, and uh, San Francisco was also called for like 12 penalties in the game. So um, there's a lot for them to work on, not to mention they also uh, allowed four sacks in the first half to Carolina. Now they've got to go on the road and face Seattle's pass rush. The best pass rush in the NFL. I think so. Yeah. And I feel bad a little bit for Carlos Hyde because he's such a talented player. But, I mean, defenses can just key in on him. I mean, yeah. they, they have nothing else. I mean, he's their most skilled player probably on either side of the ball, right? Yeah. So A lot of familiarity here because you got yeah. Kyle Shanahan, right? And he runs the offense, and you faced him twice last year, week six and divisional round. And you faced him uh, the wild card round with Washington in Russell's first playoff win in 2012. RG3. That was the same, yep. same offense there. And uh, now he's trying to instill it here. And uh, Shanahan's defensive coordinator, I can't remember his name, but he's a he was on uh, the Seahawks staff under Carroll and Gus Bradley from 2011 to 13. Then he went with Bradley to Ooh, Jacksonville. Man. Or to Jacksonville, sorry, yeah. To Jacksonville, and then now he's with uh, Shanahan. So um, everything I'm reading is that the Niner defense is trying to emulate Seattle's strategy because it's this guy that's coached under Carroll for a long time. So that'll be interesting to watch as well. But plenty of familiarity is my overall point between the frequency playing Shanahan and the strategy that's being employed on defense. What are you looking for from Seattle offensively this game to change? The obvious is the offensive line being better, and I think that that's clear cut. Clear cut. I want to see them run the football more. I don't want to see Eddie Lacy ever outside the, the – um, no, the hash marks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. Call. I mean, the, the guy trying to run laterally is is really painful to watch. I want to see more Chris Carson, to be honest. I want to see him more in the passing game, and I want to see him on the field more. I think that he I, – I don't know. With Rawls coming back this week, I don't know how much we're going to see of him. But I would really like to see the running game and the running backs in general just get more involved. I felt like last week they gave up on the run very fast. Pete Carroll even admitted it. So that's kind of something offensively that I feel like needs to change this week. We'll see what happens. Where do you sit on, it's the third quarter, you're not running the ball well in the first half. You're down by a possession. But how much do you run the ball in the first half? Do you have to stay true to the run at that point, or is that point the run's not working so you have to adjust? Because it's, it's one thing or the other. And I agree. The problem is it felt like Seattle never adjusted. They never did anything. It didn't feel like, okay, the offensive line was abysmal. Yeah, that, I it, I, it, I think Bevel just isn't a lose lose situation to be honest. I agree, and you know I am not Team Bevel at all, and I was disappointed with with the game plan, no pun intended, uh, especially in the second half. You know, Seattle's is has been traditionally a, a slow start team, a little not as bad as they were in Green Bay necessarily, but you know you saw them drive down the field in the hurry up at the end of the first half. There's a go, lot of people saying that they should be hurry up to start games now. Yeah, well, Russell mentioned it post-game a little bit that he'd like to see more of that. But, I mean, you saw them drive down the field, get the field goal, and you go, okay, maybe they figured something out here. They'll make some adjustments. The second half Seahawks will come to play, and lo and behold, 
the offense was so bad, they literally pretty much handed the uh, the Packers a touchdown. I just don't feel like they were dedicated enough to the run in the first half. Like, the first three plays of the opening drive were pass plays. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know what I mean? So that I guess I look at it as <clears throat> I, I don't think Seattle's ever going to get back to the, you know, 2012, 2013 model. I just don't think they'll ever get back there because Marshawn Lynch isn't in Seattle anymore. You don't and, have the same And line. Russell Wilson is not a rookie who is still learning the speed of the game and all these things. Like, you can depend on him more to pass the ball now because he's a very good, you know, player. But I would like to see a bit more dedication to the run. That's just me. All right. I don't think Eddie Lacy's good. I think he needs to be eliminated from the from the running offense. And that was just a mistake to sign him. That's my relatively bold opinion. I don't care. I don't think it's that bold. Yeah, I just don't think he's a good player. So I will. I want to see Rawls, 15 carries, hopefully 60 yards or so. I want to see ProSize. Can't forget about that guy and how much of an impact he had last That's year. That's why I mentioned passing game, by the way. And Carson, I agree with you. Like That guy can be an ultimate uh, contributor this season. Um, my thing on Seattle's offense, hurry up or no hurry up. It's going to be feast or famine. That's that's my theme for the offense because how many times have you seen like Green Bay was a great example. You uh, you see them struggle and struggle and struggle, struggle to protect, struggle to run block. So how are you going to move the football? But then you see the hurry up at the end of the half and you're like, oh, well, they seem to move it with relative not ease, but explosive play after explosive play. Right. Yeah. That's what the offense has been in the past. And I think that's what it's going to be again this year. So I think they'll put up some like 500 total yard offense games or 400 total yard offense games, scoring 30 points. Russell Wilson, four touchdown passes, be like, oh, man, that's the ceiling of the Seahawks offense. And then you'll see them, you know, like last week or (laughs) down in L.A. last year with three points and be like, well, that's what you're also going to get with this team at times, too. So, um, you know. I don't think uh, you ask, what do I want to see? I want to see a nine play touchdown drive. <laughs> That's it. A consistent. I want to see a consistent. I want to see a drive. methodical drive that doesn't rely on like some 50 yard bomb, even though I love those and I'll take those, whatever. But converting a third and two by running the football, converting a third and six, and then getting into the red zone and convert. I just want to see a normal freaking scoring drive yeah. that that picks up four first downs, a couple of third downs and converts in the red zone because I don't know if this team is capable of that. It was very strange seeing third and two pretty much every time, third and short last week, all obvious passing situations with the with Seattle's formations. I mean, that was crazy to me. I mean, no what faith the hell in the O-line. No, well, but no faith in the O-line. I it, it, I don't blame the play calling. The you you watched the game, they yeah. could block. Well, then Daryl Bevel needs to punch Tom Cable. <laughs> Oh, the tables have turned. <laughs> that was kind of my joke. I mean, obviously, I don't actually want violence, but I mean, at what point? <laughs> I don't blame the play calling there. God, Seattle has spent money in free agency, finally. They've spent money keeping Brit. They've spent draft picks. At what point does the model not freaking work for the offensive line? I mean, I'm so pissed off even just talking about it again now. Like, the, the most frustrating part is that they're going to look good this week, and then we'll change our tune, except we won't. No, because we didn't last year. You no, and I were pretty we were pretty strong about it, yeah. even in the victories. Well, there were times yeah. that Seattle's line looked good. There was zero faith that it would be a long-term solution, right. or that, that these guys would be consistent week in, week out. 
And I will not feel that way until I see it for an entire season. Yeah, let's see how they well, – let's see what kind of O-line numbers are out there by the time the bye week hits week six after their road game at the Rams. When they're 5-1. and one. That's a that's a great – that will be a great indicator. Maybe 5-1, and one, maybe 4-2 and because at Tennessee, hell, at L.A., I, I don't have any faith right now. Uh, well, I mean, I think they'll they'll be favored, but Wade Phillips is a good D.C. And they look good week one. McVay's got some Rams with golf. In so, front of like 8,000 fans, they really put know. on a show. All right. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and predict uh, the schedule, shall we? Or make our picks. Browns-Ravens, 10 a.m. CBS. I'll take Baltimore. Give me the Texans, by the way, for Thursday night. <laughs> good call. Perkins, good call. <laughs> Browns-Ravens? Yeah. In, in Baltimore? Yeah. Give me the uh, Ravens in a close game. Browns what's, cover what's the, the plus spread? eight. Plus yes, eight. I think they cover. Nice. Carolina minus seven and a half home to Buffalo. Panthers. Panthers. Arizona, a seven-point road favorite at Indy. Boy, Carson Palmer did not look good last week. No. David Johnson sprained wrist, and this team is still a seven-point <laughs> road favorite. How bad? Well, who did the Colts Going play back week? east, Holy cow. like a 10 a.m. game. <laughs> Please don't make me watch this game. Yeah, you want to know why ratings are down? Because games like this happen. Because games like <laughs> Good this. Good God, what a disaster. Uh, yeah, I Give me the Cardinals, I guess. Indy's just terrible. They're yeah. terrible. Yeah. And uh, Pagano's going to get axed here probably by midseason. I'll take Arizona as well. Jacoby Brissett starting for the Colts this week. Mm. Titans-Jags. Tennessee a one-and-a-half-point road favorite at Jacksonville. Jacksonville, great defensive effort last week against Tom Savage and Houston. Interesting game here. There's a little bit of a vibe going. Jaguars got playmakers on the defensive side of the ball, too. Allen Robinson out for the season with a sprained ACL, torn ACL. Uh, Blake Bortles. Still bad, but Leonard Fournette went over 100 yards in his first game and uh, can bang down the down the line of scrim or down at the goal line. This is gonna be a good game. I want to watch it. I will watch this game actually. I will watch this game. Titans Jags. I I agree. I think it's gonna be a good game. What's the uh, spread right now? Titans T- favored. Titans a point and a half. Okay, close to a pick'em. Give me the Titans. I'll take Tennessee by field goal because I, yeah, I think it's gonna be a good game though. Could be a good one. Plus, by the way, if the Titans lose, they're going to be 0-2 coming back home to host Seattle. They don't want to be in that position. No. Eagles-Chiefs in Kansas City. I'm also going to watch this game. This great game. Andy Reid against his former team. Doug Peterson against his former team. Eagles defense, probably one of the best in the league, too. Although, they do lose Ronald Darby to a horrible broken foot. That looked bad. Um, But offensively, Carson Wentz making the next step. And we know what the Chiefs did their first game in New England. Chiefs favored by five and a half at home to Philly. I'll take Kansas City. I'm taking Kansas City as well. We were uh, simpatico today. Simpatico, yeah. But yeah. we were last week too, and that did not go well. <laughs> I'll take the Patriots to beat the Saints. Pats favored by six and a half. Is this in New Orleans? Yes. Give me the Patriots. Thank you. The Saints, by the way, look, I get it. They're a passing offense. Give the ball to Adrian Peterson. Like, you suck. Your team sucks. Like, but... Maybe maybe change things up a little bit. They really have a problem at center. They should trade that guy to another NFC West team like in Seattle. Yeah, for like a seventh rounder. Viking Steelers in Pittsburgh. This will be good. There's a lot of good 10 a.m. games. Shoot. I'm going to be watching football at 10 a.m. Uh, Pitts- screen and screen and screen. <laughs> I'm going to try to do something. I'll be here. Five and a half point uh, favorites are the Steelers at home to the Vikings. Boy. Um... You know, Minnesota looked pretty good. Sam Bradford? Sam Bradford looked... Might be a thing. Looked good. Stephon Diggs looked good. 
He was on my bench. Steelers go, D is good. I'm going to go Steelers, but I think it's going to be a good game. What I'm assuming Pittsburgh's favored. Yeah, I just said. Did you? Well, I didn't hear you. I said. Okay. I was thinking about how I'm going to watch these damn games on Sunday. All good these point. Games. Good point. Were they favored six and a, five and a half? Five and a half. That's too high. I think Minnesota covers, but Pittsburgh wins. I think the same. All right. <laughs> Bears Bucks. Oh God. First game for the Bucks. <laughs> Anytime Mike, you mention Bears. Mike Glennon revenge game. Bears looked good last week. They should have beat the Falcons. Yeah, no, totally. Give me the Bucks. <laughs> All right. Give me the Bucks. <laughs> uh Dolphins Chargers. Chargers a four point home favorite to Miami, who is playing their first game. Give me uh the LA Chargers. Uh yeah, I'm trying to decide if Phillip Rivers is gonna throw yet another game losing interception. He's thrown more of those than he has children. Um, I'm going to go... That's not very nice. <laughs> he almost had an epic comeback last, last Monday he night. He did, but couldn't get it done, like always. Last season, they but they didn't have a touchdown inside two minutes in 2016, right? Or something like that. They had a lot of losses. They have, yeah. Yeah, Phillip Rivers, not so good in crunch time. Um, but I'll take the Chargers. I but think hey, that. he gets it done when it matters most. I mean, he's got 10 kids. <laughs> All right. Touche. He's got uh, the bolo tie, too. Yeah. He's got that going for Raiders, him. Raiders, 13.5-point home favorites to the Jets. Oakland all day, every day. Yep. Right? Yep. Cowboys, Broncos, and Denver. Cowboys, 2.5-point road favorites. Yeah, give me the Cowboys. I'll take the Cowboys. I don't like Broncos this year. <laughs> Rams, minus 2.5 to the Redskins in L.A. I'll take the Rams to go 2-0. and The Rams are favored. McVay against his former team. Wade Phillips this against is Kirk Cousins. I know. I'm going Rams. 2-0 Rams. Leading I'm the going division. to take a hashtag you like that. I'm going to take the uh, Washington Football Club. All right. Sunday Night Football. Packers Falcons in Atlanta. The Packers are my NFC champions, so uh, I'm going with the Packers. I'm going Falcons. They're... They did not look good last week. Uh, they did not look great, at least. By they any. didn't look great. No. Um, but I think uh, I think the Falcons get this one done in yep. primetime. Monday night, Lions-Giants in the Meadowlands. Giants a three-point home favorite. Ooh, yeah. I guess I'll go with the Giants. Yeah, I'll go with the Giants. Give me the Lions. Okay. At least we differed on the last three. Yes. And... And we're about to agree on the last game we pick. Oh, yeah, we have one more. Seahawks defeating the 49ers. Uh, Seahawks 49ers. I have a final score of 30 to 10. Ooh. Should be worse than that, though. Could be like 41 to 3. I'm going to go 27 to 13. They cover the spread. Mm. It's 13 points, right? 14. Oh, it's moved. Okay. It opened at 13. Of course it moved. Have I never gambled before? Jeez. Uh, Still, I think it's 27 13. All right. Seahawks 30 to 10. I just feel like Seattle, like there's going to be some dumb, you know, sack fumble bull crap again or something like that, you know? Just keep everyone healthy. That's the main thing. Get out of there with the win, move on to Tennessee. For, Rondo, uh, for, Brian, for Brian Perkins, I'm Judah Newby, Gameplay Podcast 1029thegame.com.